Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by a wonderful company, Creation to Revelation. This group of Christians believe it is extremely important that we teach the Word of God to our kids. They have original graphic illustrations from the beginning of the Bible to the end, featuring the beautiful and consistent presence of Jesus throughout. You can explore all of that at creationtorevelation.com. I'm so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for listening in. I want to begin by telling you about a series of lessons that were recently presented here at the Lindale Church. My friend Ryan Goodwin, who preaches just east of Memphis, came into town and delivered six lessons with the theme, Boys Will Be Men, which is just such an important reality to address. So he talked a lot about young men and their growing faith. He talked about things like moral excellence and God's concept of manliness. The whole series was outstanding. And by the way, you can find all of those videos at our YouTube page. Just check out Lindale Church of Christ. On the last night, he explored our relationships as children of God. And in order to do that, he explored a phrase that only appears three times in Scripture, Abba, Father, which, by the way, can be pronounced Abba or Abba, although you're pretty much stuck with Father on the back end. But those two words said together represent this interesting scope of the relationship that you have with God as his child. The term only occurs three times in Scripture, and the progression of that is actually kind of interesting. The first occurrence is in the garden in Mark's Gospel, where Jesus cries out, Abba, Father, when he was asking for assistance from the Lord. The second case, chronologically, would be recorded in the book of Galatians chapter 4, which says, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, which is kind of interesting because in the first case, our Lord is proclaiming it. In the second case, it sounds like the Spirit of Jesus is pronouncing it from within us, almost as if Jesus is teaching us how to say it, is uniting us with him as we proclaim it to our Maker. And then the third time in Romans 8 and 15 For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So it grows in us to the point where we understand that we have been adopted into the family of God, that we are not lesser to him like slaves, that we are children of his and Jesus is our brother, and so we boldly and yet so humbly proclaim these two incredible words. I certainly encourage you to do that today, but a little better understanding of the meaning of that first word may make a tremendous difference in the way you appeal to God. So that first word, Abba, would be reserved for only family relationships. It is intimate and personal and familial. But it also has this childlike element to it. In Vine's expository dictionary on that particular word, the text says this, Abba is the word framed by the lips of infants and betokens unreasoning 
trust. This is the kind of word that a small child would utter when looking into the eyes of her dad. Maybe she's so little that she can't even form proper words. She certainly doesn't understand the import of the word father. It's just sound escaping her lips that is interpreted by her father to say, this child loves me. This child hasn't even developed the reasoning skills to know why she should love me. But here she is, comforted in my arms, vulnerable to my power, and expressing the early formings of adoration. Maybe you know what I'm talking about here. Have you ever had a small child? And in those early stages, they're making sounds, not dissimilar to Abba. And when my first daughter was in my arms uttering sounds like that, and I heard something with the D sound in it, I told everyone, she said, Dad, that's her first word. She knows me. And in some ways, that's the import of this word. It is a childlike humility. Like when Jesus brought that small child and put him on his knee, vulnerability, that child cannot fully form and explain the reasons why he trusts the Messiah, but here he is doing exactly that. And I really want to appeal to you to address God in that way, with a childlike humility, complete dependency, vulnerability, Expressing yourself to God with the same pure emotion and gratitude and comfort of a small child. Now, Ryan discussed this in the lesson. This doesn't mean we use informal wording when we address our father. We don't call him daddy. It's disrespectful. But loving him and trusting him like an infant does, her father, is exactly where this relationship should be founded. Now, the second word, father, represents progress in maturing. Vines goes on to say, father expresses an intelligent apprehension of the relationship. In other words, there is a part of you that has grown and learned and matured, and you now revere God. You fear his glory and power. You are knowingly obedient to him because you understand who he is. Ryan described it in this way. He has an 18-month-old at home, and he's just looking for some Abba-like adoration and trust. But he hopes that when that child is 18 years old, that child will address him as father with some willing, knowing, submissive respect. Jesus laid all of this bare before God in the Garden of Gethsemane. Childlike full submission whether I understand what you're telling me or not, I trust you, and also recognition that this is his father who he knows and adores and obeys. Galatians 4 teaches us that that spirit of Christ ought to be crying out from within us, uniting our hearts and minds with that same appeal. And then ultimately, knowing how blessed we are to be adopted into the family of God, Romans 8, all of his sons and daughters should cry, Abba, Father. Okay, so that's my seven-minute synopsis of Ryan's good lesson on Wednesday night. And it really shaped the way I conversed with God today in prayer and then the reading of Scripture. But quite honestly, I didn't think I could flesh it out in such a way to make it practical for you, so I was not going to turn it into an episode. 
But then something kind of interesting happened. I opened up my email, and every week I get an email from James Clear. James is the author of the book Atomic Habits. His emails are terrific. They tend to include quotes from his literature or people that he respects. Now, keep in mind, he is a purely secular writer. I don't think I've ever even picked up a hint of God focus in the things that he writes, though he does understand the human condition and mind very well, so I do tend to learn a lot from him, and I still recommend that book, Atomic Habits. So anyway, I open up this week's email, and here's the title, Childlike Wonder. And I kind of paused for a second and was like, wait a minute, what? I just got through journaling in prayer through this concept of a childlike adoration of God growing into something more, and then from out of completely left field, you're going to echo that right in front of me? Now look, I don't know how much you listen to these episodes, but I am constantly amazed by the providence of God. In fact, in my mind, I thought, there is no way that Ryan Goodwin's sermon and James Clear's quotes could ever link together. But then God steps in and makes the connections right in front of my face. And indeed, I think the Lord was at work. And in fact, there are two tremendous quotes from that email that I think you can take with you out of the prayer that you offer to God and implement it into the rest of your day and week and life. Okay, so check out quote number one. Children are joyful and treat each day as a miracle, in part because they are continually surprised. Each day they hear a new word or listen to a new song or learn about a new animal. It's their first time visiting that restaurant or jumping into that pool or riding that roller coaster. The world is continually unfolding before them. How can you introduce more surprise into your life as an adult? How can you renew your sense of childlike wonder? Now again, it's not James Clear's intention to take you back to the kind of language Jesus teaches about what it means to be a humble and amazed and grateful child of God. But he is speaking to what real joy and discovery is like in the real world. Children are amazed at new things. There is constantly expanding awareness. Their littleness is always before them, but they're not scared. They're excited. It's an adventure. There's this innate sense of gratitude and expectation to a limitless world around them. But as I have said many times, it is frustrating to me, the self-help guys in this world delivering great messages about gratitude and discovery, but they never tell you to whom you should be grateful or who it is who lays out these greater discoveries for you to explore. They advise us to experience life like children, but do not tell us anything about our Father. But by faith and biblical wisdom, we can bring a lot of those concepts together. Every day as a child of God is a joyful day, and every day is a miracle. It is something provided, not yet discovered or traveled, presented to us by a Father who sees all, who is bigger and greater and patient and kind. There is so much we don't know about today or tomorrow we may hear a new word or listen to a new song or learn about a new animal. Translated to mean we may learn something new about ourselves, about others, 
about the world around us, about our place in it, or even about our purpose. You can introduce more surprise into your life as an adult by crying, Abba, Father. I know so little, but God, you know all. I have no idea what is laid before me for the rest of today, but I trust that you will make it good, that it will be filled with new experiences in the palm of your hand, or like a child held in your arms. All of the sudden, every day filled with the mercies of God is an adventure, but it's not terrifying. I'm not worried about what's around the corner. By trust in the giver of good gifts, I am excited to see what's next. Not because I'm ready for it or rehearsed in it or even understand it, but by faith in my Father and His good plan for my life. I am His Son. My playground is His yard, and I am always under His watchful eye. I just feel like more believers need this childlike on the knees of Jesus in the arms of God concept of dependency and optimism in your prayer life and in the steps that you take after your prayers. Now, in James Clear's second quote, we push this farther beyond just excitement and hope to the actual behavior that we put into play. So give this a listen and see if you can figure out where we're going. In the beginning, your skills are raw, your knowledge is sparse, and you lack experience. At best, you will be able to produce work that is just okay. And even then, you'll only manage to reach just okay by giving your best effort. Nobody wants to produce something that is just okay. You'll feel like it's beneath your standards. You'll worry about what others think of you. You'll wonder whether you can be better off taking a different path. But it is impossible to reach that stage unless you are willing to work through your current stage. And so, one of the main obstacles between who you are and who you could be is courage. The courage to keep trying, even if you're not yet as good as you hope. The courage to keep trying despite your fears of what others may think. The courage to keep trying without knowing how the future will unfold. Your great work is on the other side of your early work. The only way to be exceptional later on is to be just okay right now. That's how it is for everyone. Now, there's no question that that quote takes this episode in a different direction, although I think this will represent the most practical, give-it-a-go concept that you can carry with you this week. We started off with Abba Father to represent a childlike dependency upon God in the way that we call upon Him. Then we moved forward to childlike excitement of the unfolding day or what your Father has planned for you. But lastly, in that list, I want to talk about childlike accomplishments and behavior. When children set out to do great things, they're usually not great at first. They do their best, but they don't know enough. They're not practiced enough. In the beginning, they're just okay. Now, we as fathers tell them that they are amazing. Your child draws something that roughly looks like a whale, and you tell them that they should be a marine biologist. We see them in the infancy of their accomplishments, but we want them to stick with it. We want them to keep working on it. You're young. It's fine. Keep going. And ultimately, they may develop maturity and skills and expertise and draw or do incredible things. As a mom or a dad, we encourage 
that kind of courageous exploration. You don't have to be great yet. You lack the skills to be great, but you're doing great, and you're only going to get better. As the quote says, your great work is on the other side of your early work. The only way to be exceptional later on is to have the courage to be just okay right now. That's how it is for everyone. And I'm okay with the word courage in your spiritual walk, in the things you're trying to do in the realm of sharing the gospel, or teaching things you've never taught before, or shining in a way that changes others, or dealing with the darkness of your past that you have not yet sought to tackle. In many of those things, you are just beginning. You are childlike. You're just okay at it. And when I say, have the courage to know that that's all right, I'm not saying to accept underachievement. I'm saying that you cry, Abba, Father. Lord God, this is where I am. I want to do better. I need to do better. I need to learn how to do better. I need your help to do better. I know it's not great, but this is how far I've come. And what does God say to you? about your progress? Does he say, this big blue blob you painted that's supposed to be a whale looks nothing like a whale? You will never be an artist or know anything about marine life. You should be so much farther along, I'm ashamed of you. I really hope you don't feel that way about God. You are a child of God, and he is your father. He is encouraged by your trust in him, And he is encouraged by your effort. But let's be really clear here. Even the listener who is the bestest Christian of all the listeners and has been so for the longest amount of time is just a toddler with respect to the righteous maturity and holiness that God deserves. By accepting that God accepts me and that it's okay, I can then embrace the fact that I'm going to get better. Not in order to get God to stop being mad at me, but because God loves me and is patient with me. And he sees greater things in my future. Like we read about in Hebrews 6, I am convinced of greater things. But he is with me and he is with you every single step of the way, oftentimes holding you in his arms. So when you pray, call out, Abba, Father, to represent childlike dependency growing into greater respect. As each new day begins, cry out, Abba, Father, in anticipation of what he will put before you. And with every seemingly tiny new step you make in your development in the sight of God, press on with courage, knowing you are accepted and loved by him, crying, Abba, Father. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.